first. Uh, James, you guys could use some help Monday morning? Yeah. Tomorrow morning? If, at 11 if possible. I know it's a hard time. Many are at work, but if available Monday morning, 11 o'clock, tomorrow morning, 11 o'clock. At our house. At your house. Does everybody have your address? It's uh, 166. Anyway, is that on? So if anybody can help, that would be great. And the Amos's, you, it would be the following week. When, when could I'm you guys? Sixteen footer this afternoon, full of boxes and stuff. That was kind of a last minute. Decision. It was a last minute decision because we packed so. Okay. So much is packed, and he has to go to Ohio next week to work a little bit. So we're like, and we're in the house. So we just had a last minute decision. Let's get a truck, load a bunch of this stuff. Okay. So we're doing that today, but I, I don't think anybody needs to come over. Let's like drive my kids. Yeah. Is there like a big moving day when you're? There is a Friday. We are picking up a truck at about three, and I'll send a message out. Okay. Um, probably be at home loading around four okay. Friday. Okay. It's Friday, and then um, if we don't finish, we'll load again on Saturday evening, both evening times, because um, Got that Saturday we're going to go get our kids from camp, so okay. our older kids will be at Friday and Saturday evening. Friday and Saturday evening, so we'll do the initial load on Friday, okay. and I can even update on the group how it goes. Okay. Between this load he's taken up this week, pray for him, he's going to have to unload it, I guess, by himself, unless we can somehow get him some help in Ohio. Um, and our sellers of our house left some stuff in the garage. Ideally, he could just unload that truck into the garage, but there's stuff in the garage. Uh, yeah. The sellers didn't get it all out, so, you know. How's the hand doing? And he cut his hand. Yeah, I saw. Last week. Look. Xenia. Xenia. Yeah. Outside Dayton. Are you tired, Shane? Uh, yeah. That's good. Is that, yeah. is that divine yeah. grace? No, I was, uh, yeah, the, uh, coming in I was, but uh, a lot of, the ER had me held up until like yeah. 30 in the morning on sales calls the next day. All right, well, we'll be in prayer as usual. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was pretty bad, man. The doctor, I don't, I've never seen it before, but he flooded my thumb with Novocaine on each side so much that my thumb was bulging. It was two bones. <laughs> Is that normal? Yep. Yeah. That's <laughs> normal. He's this big doofy dude. Yeah. <laughs> and then they left him for like 30 minutes. And he came back in. I felt every needle. So he went in and went in. I could feel the burn of the string going through. I just did that. I was like, just get this. Done. I'm just glad it wasn't worse. Praise God it wasn't worse. It didn't go to the bone. It was a miter saw. So it wasn't like a hand saw. Right, yeah. Wow. And they had, yeah, it was a crazy ER. They had some dude overdosed on drugs. His pulse ox was dropping below 80. They threw him on oxygen, and he kept, like, almost coding in there. You also have the Facebook post, which is going viral. Which one? Your rapper song? Oh, yes. Uh, oh, Nate, oh, Jack made a rap last night. I was funny. Anyway, that's enough. So, Laura, you're sending us. You'll be gone. So what? So like next Sunday, you and the kids, everybody goes. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna. I think we're gonna like, like, like come to church on Sunday morning, and then the loading truck and the van, and we'll 
maybe stop by the goodbye party for the cooks. And then wow. <laughs> yeah, we'll be going to Ohio next Sunday. Okay. All right. Very good. Michael, any updates on uh, the family or the young man and let's say families? I found him a job that lasted for two days and yeah, yeah uh, being that he's 17, he doesn't turn 18 till um, December, that limits him somewhat mm -hmm. and uh, it was probably a better fit that he didn't try that company anyway, so okay. after hearing some of the things. Right. So uh, uh, the little baby, um, little baby girl has some issues with her belly button, the um, belly little cord area, mm -hmm. healing up, so mm -hmm. that would be prayer. Okay. Uh, but other than that, they're kind of hit and miss in the sense of getting back to me, so. Okay. All right. Um, and the Covers are settled in, down in Fayetteville, so that's good to be in prayer for their ministry to the military folks down there. Um, any updates from uh, the Birches? The they have their car back, mm -hmm. finally. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the Birches out they in were England. Almost out on a car for a month, so it's, yeah. So it's okay. We got the lights spread everywhere. <laughs> Ohio, North Carolina, England. England. Who knows where the Lord will lead you, lead us. Um, all right. Well, we're able to move on today. Remember, we're, we're working on stop. It's easy to remember seeking God. And then now we're moving on to trusting God. And a few questions first. Um, what does it mean to trust in God? Any thoughts on that? What does it mean to trust in God? Any takers? He'll do what he says he'll do. He'll do what he says he'll do. Excellent. And it has to involve an action. It can't be, um, I, didn't, I felt anxious and now I'm trusting God and I'm sitting here feeling peaceful. And it has to be an action. Most of the time, I don't want to say exclusively, mm -hmm. but I've shared that I struggled with anxiety, panic attacks. Mm -hmm. And in the early days of our marriage, you can see why. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Um, had a couple of ER visits and he was really, you know, the Lord was really trying to encourage me and Shane was helping me in that. We've, we've got to find out where this is coming from. And one particular night I was just quoting scripture. Shane was praying with me and I had to go through a night without going to the hospital, without really going in on that action. So ultimately I had to trust the Lord to, to not go to the hospital. Because mm -hmm. for me at that moment I was having a panic attack. <coughs> Good. Excellent. Anything else? <clears throat> Abandoning, hoping, hoping in anything else except for the Lord. Abandoning every all hope except the Lord. Good. Uh, others. Good. Excellent. Do you find it easy to trust in God? Is it easy to trust in God? Depends on the situation. What else? Is it easy? Honestly, is it easy to trust the Lord? Is it easier today than it was 10 years ago for you? Okay. Nobody wants to really jump out and say, is it easy? Um, why can it be hard? Because it leaves us powerless with no control. Right. As to what's going to happen or 
So we give up control. Right? We submit. All right. We get, <clears throat> excuse me, we get distracted and it's it's hard to hear from God. Not because of God, but because of us. And so mm -hmm. it's hard to know exactly. that we're following the right path. Right. So we don't know for sure we're hearing him, we're distracted. If we're not knowing we're hearing him, it can be hard to trust him. What else? You don't see immediate results when it's not in your timing. You want it to happen faster so that you stop trusting. It doesn't happen right away, so we take matters into our own hands. Sounds he like some biblical character. the way we think they should be done. Lean not on your own understanding. That's right. We try to understand it and it doesn't make sense. Why do we doubt him? Is that the other side of the coin? Why can it be hard to trust him? Why do we doubt him? Is that the same type of question? Why would we doubt the Lord? A limited view of who he is. We don't know who he is. Shows our lack of faith. We praise God for who He is, but then we don't trust Him enough to take care of the things that we're struggling with. Exactly. Sometimes it's easier. More natural. The doubt. It's easier. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, why is it? You say that it's easier. I actually had why I had that question down here. Why is it easier to doubt? Why does that happen to us and harder to trust? Because we're human. We don't see the full picture. It's really hard to look at a situation that you just think is completely out of control and trust that somehow it's going to work out. <clears throat> Doesn't make sense to us, exactly. Anything else? These are just questions I'm throwing out there so we can look at our own hearts, our own lives. And are we forget that he made everything and then he controls everything and then he can do whatever he wants to. I mean, it's easier to trust in things that we've seen and have been the same every day of our lives than to believe in the miracle he can do. Our experiences. It's easy to trust my car because it's got me there a hundred times I think our feelings betray us a lot too when situations come up <clears throat> or trials mm -hmm. we respond to that because we're like Alicia was saying in our flesh we're human flesh. Mm -hmm. and those feelings in the moment overpower us or seem real or we don't have the you know it's the whole walk by faith not by sight thing mm -hmm. Responding to the feelings and kind of what's in front right. of us and stuff. And so I think a lot of it's just, I don't want to say situational, but um, mm -hmm. when everything's cool and calm and there's no pressure, it's easy to think about, you know, but when trials and the thickness of life happens, <coughs> it's hard to stop. And I guess that's maturity in the Christian life and practice doing it, you mm -hmm. know, over time. But. Right, absolutely. So when we become Christians, unfortunately, we're still in the flesh, right? We still have the flesh. All these mental processes, habits, the way we think are still there. 
but now we have power over them. Um, so yeah, we can revert back to old patterns, old thought, thoughts that we had, and it could lead to us not trusting because there are these feelings, and these feelings and emotions can be so strong. If I'm trusting him today, does that mean I'll trust him tomorrow? Can I ever be certain I'm going to trust him tomorrow? Mm -hmm. I'm trusting him today. I can remember when the Mark's first deployment to Iraq, and it was at the um, kickoff of the war, and he was front line. And um, I was overwhelmed. Just I, we had two kids at home at the time; they were little, and I was basically thrust into a single mom situation. And I had no guarantee that he was going to come home. And you know, we had friends who did not come home, and that was scary, really scary, and I came to the realization a few months into the deployment that I really had no choice but to trust in God, because otherwise I was going to just sit and be paralyzed by fear for the next several months until he got home again, or mm -hmm. not. Um, and it was, it was unbelievable almost, just the peace of God that came over me when I finally did surrender it, mm -hmm. and you know, I I don't know. It, it, it was just unbelievable when I just finally decided, you know, God, you're in control of Mark, and whatever happens, it's going to be for your glory, and he's in your hands, and here he is. Take him. Do what you want. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, there was this overwhelming peace, and, mm -hmm. and it was, I was able to, you know, use that with, with other ladies who were going through right. the same thing with me. But then... You know, he got home and everything, and several, several deployments later, <laughs> still the same thing every time. But then, now that he's retired, and I can look back on that, and I can see that God was faithful and carried us through that, and carried him and took care of him. And but then I still doubt him in in the everyday, and what's going to happen tomorrow? I don't know. Mm -hmm. And and I. I look back and I see how much faith I had and how strong I was, and then it's kind of sad almost that I kind of lost that, you know, in, in different sure. situations that come up, and I, I mm -hmm. still struggle with having that security. Mm -hmm. So yesterday I had it, but today I don't. Maybe tomorrow I will. <laughs> so I think you've described what we've all went through. Um, many different times and what we're looking at when we go through this section on trusting God is how we can become consistent no matter what's happening around us that we can have that peace because we are trusting in God despite what's the circumstance not reverting back to our thought patterns of old but knowing the truth and that's why I, you'll hear me say repeatedly we need to start thinking the way the Lord thinks we can't think the way the flesh thinks the way the world thinks we have to think the way the Lord thinks it goes back again to seeking God who is this God I need to know you so again this this is not a part it begins by seeking God that's the foundation if you're not seeking God daily it's going to be very hard to trust him daily we'll wax and wane in our faith and in our trust um, so I have some blue pieces of paper here. I was going to bring three by five cards. I forgot them, but I want you guys to write down the one thing. If there's one thing or one area, or maybe there's more, 
where you're having difficulty <clears throat> trusting the Lord. You just can't trust God with it. Is there anything? What will alert me to saying I'm not trusting God? What can alert you? No peace. So anxiety. If you're anxious about something, what else? What are these signals that I'm not trusting God? You can know them from your own life. She described the peace. She didn't have peace. Uh, what else? In Romans it says, whatsoever is not done in faith is sin. And I always try to ask myself, you know, could I do this in faith if I was to pray about it? Mm-hmm. Not all the time, but I mean, that's a good... Right. Yeah, it's a good guide. Are there any emotions, anything else that goes on within you that's a signal, uh uh-oh, I'm not trusting the Lord? Anger? Anxiety. You feel yourself getting anxious. You feel yourself getting angry. You can probably trace it back to a lack of trust. You said a lot. What did you say to me? Striving, like if you're trying to think Keep striving. Yeah. Lack of contentment. You're just not content. You need more. You need something different all the time. Um, I said frustration. <laughs> so take a moment to write down. Does everybody have a pencil or pen? I can pass them around. But <clears throat> and maybe there, maybe, you know. Maybe your faith is absolutely perfect in every area of your life and you don't have anything to write down. I want you to share how you do it. Um, But take a moment to write down if there's an area or one thing, two things, because we, as we go through this, you know, again, we want to hear the word, but we want the word to transform us. We want the word to take these anxieties and say, no, that's not who I am. That's not the truth. I'm going to choose to believe the truth as Alicia said, and experience the abundant life. The life that Christ intends for every Christian. Because would you all agree we don't need to live in fear or worry or anxiety? Again, those are weights that hinder us on our walk with Christ and developing this intimacy. So are there any areas, take a moment, write it down, I'll give you a few minutes here to write it down, and if anybody wants to share after that, fine. If not, we're going to Start looking into uh, the scripture here. So take a moment and write them down. Do we have any other pens, do you know? Any pens, pens? Just testing. Andy. Okay. I want your life story on this blue piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they actually have stories where people have lost their eyes. I have to tell my students that all the time. I was teasing. 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 I
Everybody got that area down? Does anybody not have anything to write down? There's no takers on that one? Um, I'll tell you from, I, I told Shane once in the International Plaza recently, but again, sort of like Alicia's, I've seen God's faithfulness over and over, but yet I kept finding this angst within me, knowing that I have to spend a lot of time at work seeing my kids grow up and wanting to invest more in their lives and then wondering you know sort of like going through medical school you just invest everybody's you know you invest so much into this and god is this really what you want me to do man just pour out all my time and energy you know into studying and and now the work requires a lot of that am i missing am i missing this god tell me show me because i'm frustrated i'm anxious that i'm not doing the will of god that my children are going to grow up without the guidance and direction that I was supposed to give them. Um, I'm not going to be doing the will that, of God that he wants me to do. In other words, living for work. Um, even though I love my work, and I know my work is a mission field. But this is just an, an example again. So I was in the Psalms reading... 38, 8. Uh, 138, 8 says, The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hand. That was like the message of the Lord saying, listen, I love you. I'm going to fulfill my purpose for you. The peace of God comes over me, and I'm released from that burden. Now, am I released from responsibility? No, I still have to invest in my children's life and keep seeking the Lord. But there's a peace that comes over me that says, Lord, I'm going to trust you. No more fear, no more worry, no more angst. You have promised that you will fulfill your purpose for me. That's it. So it, it translates into a head knowledge, a belief. Yes, I know God's in control. He's going to take care of everything. Um, I really have faith that God can do that, but will he do that? So it's that next step of actually trusting that God will do that. And you know in your heart because there's a peace, there's a freedom from anxiety and worry that was there before. And it can be subtle and you're not aware of it, but the more you sit before the Lord and seek his mind, his heart, he will show you who he is. And he will meet you right where you need to be met. So these areas you're writing down on the paper, I mean, in full faith in the word of God, he can transform you. What may have plagued you for years, and this is just the way I am, it's not going to change, or I could never do that. Well, you're right. You can't change the flesh. Flesh will never change right? I can't change it. I can patch it up into everything I want, but I can't change it. The flesh is evil. The flesh will lead me away from the Word of God, the truth. So it's the Holy Spirit. It's living by the Spirit. And when we, how do we live by the Spirit? We set our minds 
on what the Spirit wants and desires. So if I set my mind on this truth, Lord, you promise you're going to fulfill your purpose for my life because you love me. You're not going to abandon the work of your hand. Okay, it's settled. And even that, I think, is a gift from God that we can trust and believe. But this is what happens. So those areas of life can be overcome by the Holy Spirit if you're willing. So there is an effort on our, our part. All right. Anybody else want to share anything? I got a yeah, James. Uh, question, I guess. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when I look at trusting God, I think of two different extremes. One being that God's given me capabilities, therefore I'm going to do everything within the capabilities he's given me mm-hmm. and only trust him in what I have no control over. And then the other is that people trust God as a cop-out to, well, God's got this under control, so I don't have to do anything. And so how, how would you view balancing between the two? Because, like, pro- providing for your family. In my viewpoint, that's something which is a biblical responsibility. Mm-hmm. And God gives you the, the capabilities, and you still have to go and work. You can't just trust him and say, oh, he'll provide even if I don't, with, with some exceptions, Chris. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, Chris is saying no. <laughs> but at the same time, it's so you're supposed to trust God with your work. And out of my viewpoint is I'm trusting God with what he's given me that he'll help me get through different situations. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, it's, Where's the balance between it? Because I've seen both extremes. Right. And obviously, if I'm doing everything under my power, then I'm not trusting God at all. Right. Right. I think going back to what Shane said earlier, it's based on faith. If you're working based on faith, you know, this is, I've opened my life to the Lord. Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'm submitted to you. Direct me. I'm willing to wait. What I see most frequently in men is we're unwilling to wait. Sort of the opposite of what you're saying. It's, it's, I am unwilling to watch the Lord work in my life to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. Now waiting is not, we're going to get into it as we go through trusting God. Waiting is not, the type of waiting I'm saying is not passive. It's like a horse stallion ready to run the race and he's jumping around and, and before the gates open. Everything in you wants to act. You just want to get it done. You want to fix it. You want to do what needs to be done. But in your time, you're knowing the Lord's saying, wait, wait, wait. So if the Lord's telling you to wait, that's not passive. It's very active. You're restraining yourself. Um, But yeah, we can't sit back and do nothing. You know, if, if I need a new job, I mean, I think the Lord does want us to use our intellectual abilities that he's given us to put feelers out there, trust that he will open and close doors. If we need money, yeah, he wants us to work if we're able. You know, um, so there is there is a balance. I think when it comes to trusting God, I think most men fall short on they want to do it themselves. They want to accomplish this task, and it's sort of like, oh, we talked about opening your heart versus giving your heart. It's like, okay, God. I'm going to do this. You bless me. 
rather than sitting down and, and saying, as we know from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust the Lord with all your heart and not don't lean on your own understanding, but acknowledge Him. So you have to acknowledge Him, saying, God, my life is for you. I'm here for you. This book is about you, not me. You know what I mean? I'm here for you. My life is yours. So I'm approaching my job. I love it, but I'm saying, God, is this where you want me? I want to do what you want me to do with the time you've allowed me. And yeah, I mean, he wants me there, and I'm working too many hours, I feel, but obviously he, you know, I'm waiting for him to work the situation out, because my desire is to change it. But this is where he wants, I've acknowledged him, he has my heart, I don't understand it, but I'm not leaning on my own understanding. If you're in that position and you're out working, great. You know what I mean? I think we have to get out and work. So it's a tension. It's a balance. Does anybody have a better answer than that? We have to do the work, but it has to be God's work and God's way for His glory, even if it stinks, even if it's unpleasant, but it's still He's directed you there. Rather than I've set my path, okay, God, bless what I want to do. There's a difference of a heart, I guess. Makes sense, but it, you, you said earlier you can't have trust in God without seeking God. Right. And it's based off of daily devotions and the convictions you have or do not have towards different areas. Right. And then you'll have surety and confidence when you're there. Many people jump, 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 jump from this to this to this because they've never had the, the surety, the confidence that this is where God wants me. And then when the rains hit, the storms of life hit, you're not shaken. You're like, hey, this is where God wants me because this is where he's directed me. I'm not moving until he moves me. It takes a lot of courage, a lot of faith, a lot of patience, a lot of endurance, but that's the pruning process that we all miss out on when we keep jumping from one thing to the next. Oh, this hurts a little bit. I've got to run from this. Well, maybe the Lord intended it to hurt a little bit so we learn and are purified. So, yeah, we can't run away. He'll tell us in our quiet time. It's, it's that trust, that faith that develops in your walk with the Lord. Did Miranda have it? Yeah, I just had an example. Um, Robert and I um, went, wow, months and months of paperwork and background checks and home inspections for foster care because mm-hmm. there's 162 kids just in the area looking for temporary wow. homes and um, the first home inspection they're like oh well you have to you know we had baby things mm-hmm. on the cleaner oh no you have to have a padlock on the cleaners so they don't drink like every little thing like right. the mother of me was like I was like fearful and right. scared and right. but the morning of the second home visit I just had a piece over me because we're like, well, maybe we'll just do weekends. But mm-hmm. I just had a piece over me just to put it in God's hands because, mm-hmm. you know, Robert's so um, uh, not sensitive, but anyway, it's, he gets attached. So, mm-hmm. if we're supposed to adopt or something, right. we just want to put it in God's hands mm-hmm. instead of just being fearful about it. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. It'll erase the, the fear. But the peace just changed. Right. When you are walking in his ways he gives you that peace when he's changing my direction i've noticed he's sort of ruffled me I said oh what's going on and then i have to seek him okay god i'll stay here if you want me to stay here but i'll only leave if you tell me to leave and it, it does require that personal walk with the lord um jerry well <clears throat> i was just going to say what you said is walking his ways because i think you have to obey him with your life because if 
like for example, if you go out and just gamble away all your money, mm-hmm. and then you have some bills to pay, and you're like just trusting the Lord to help meet, like you've already now you're reaping, right? What you sown. Exactly. So there is there is a, a, a part of obedience in it all too, without a doubt. Gina, you look like you're ready to say something. Um, I, well, I mean, mine is part of what I wrote on my thing is his work because sometimes, and I, I should I should have learned by now because he's so great at waiting on the Lord's timing, and so like I'm like I've seen things get added to his plate when I feel like they need to be pulled away, and instead they get added, and I like am saying, well, you got to put your foot down. You have to say no. I'm not going to do this because it's just wrong, and he because of his walk with the Lord, wants to wait on the Lord and say, the Lord knows my heart, and he knows where that I want to be with the kids, and and I have to believe that this is him talking. I have to believe that he's in control and that he is going to make this right, and if I am supposed to act, I won't do so in fear that I'm going to act and do it. Um, so, I mean, I'm just, I've seen you're waiting and it's teaching me but that's the one that's one of the things I wrote down on like me struggling to trust your relationship enough with the Lord to know that you will act when he's guiding you to act right wives trusting their husbands I guess yeah. and trust the Lord and trusting the Lord that he's going to accomplish your work right. situation and your heart both right. mm-hmm. Right. Well, the Lord was so merciful on me that when doubt crept in again, this is what I read uh, from Psalm 57, when David had fled from Saul into the cave. Have mercy on me, O God, have mercy on me, for in you my soul takes refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. He's running to the Lord, not running from the disaster. I cry out to God Most High, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. I'm sure he's sitting in the cave. Hey, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be the king, and now my life's in jeopardy. What? I gotta, I've got to kill Saul, don't I? Um, but anyways, I cry out to God Most High, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. He sends from heaven and saves me, rebuking those who hotly pursue me. God sends his love and his faithfulness. So God is so good, he will keep reminding us to trust him that he's faithful whatever area you're you're you know struggling with if you're seeking god obeying god he will deliver you his holy spirit within you will take over and you will have the peace the joy the satisfaction that will enable you to love him more and continue to trust him more so very good we're going to look at three different words and i've tried to figure this out Trust, belief, and faith. Because the Bible sort of talks about all those almost interchangeably. And if they're done right, they probably are all the same thing. But what is the difference? Or is there a difference between belief, faith, and trust? How do I get my beliefs? It's going to be sort of important as we figure out where we're failing, where why we can't have the victory. It does seem like it can be semantics, but it, it, I feel like you believe something, and so you trust. You trust based on that belief. Okay. 
So, right. So belief will it's lead. It's like the foundation to your trust. Right. Belief will lead to trust. Will belief lead to faith? Yes. Yeah. Because there's an arrow going down through it. <laughs> 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 faith comes from hearing. Faith, where does faith come from? Where does God's word say that faith comes from? Right. Faith comes from hearing the word of God. Right. So, again, what do you believe? Right. The word of God, your faith comes from that. Right. So, it's word. Also a gift of God given, given to us by God. Right. And someone so, will so say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe. Right. You guys have both hit on the scriptures I'm using today. <laughs> well, and I think that it's that action, too. To me, the trust is the action point. And I, I just want to mention, like David, he's in the cave. And he's not asserting his authority that God had already given him. He's actually humbling and submitting himself and, like you said, waiting on the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I think that there, there's an action, like you were saying, an action during trust. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I've been talking to the kids about with our move mm -hmm. is what is that action in God's word that we've already been given? Is it submitting? If it's working, is it that we don't toil for nothing? Is it my, my kids going to a new church and trying to find friends? We're going to trust the Lord and not try to assert ourselves or promote ourselves. You know, so what, while we're trusting the Lord, we can look at what does his word say we should be doing. Mm -hmm. Like there's lots of things in God's right. word that we can actively be doing um, that right. we can do while we trust and wait on him. Exactly. So, excellent. Excellent. Where does these beliefs then come from? Hopefully the word of God. <laughs> right. The this is this is critical here. This and that's why I say we need um I'll leave it there. We need to be in the word of God so we know the absolute truths that guide our beliefs. Because I can believe that Trump's a good guy and he's going to save the world. That's a belief. <laughs> you know, I can believe that, right? Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but see, their beliefs can be sort of what we feel or what we want to feel or what somebody told us, or what we read in a book. So we have to be very careful what our beliefs are because our beliefs are the foundation as Lori said, of our faith and trust. So we need to be seeking God every day so we're putting the truth in our minds so that we can believe. Now, beliefs will guide our faith. And what is our faith? What is faith? So uh, I, actually, let me go back to what Shane said. Shane, I'm going to go back to what you said in the in James, you're referring to James, right? Um, so in James, this will give you an illustration. Um, how about this? Let me go to Matthew. You know, sorry, we're, you're right, Jane. We're going to run out of time. I said, oh, we'll get through this quickly. We've done earlier today. How about this? This is sort of playing on what he, James two talks about: um, the healing of two demon possessed men in Matthew eight. 28. When he arrived at the other side in the re at the other side in the region of Gadarenes, two demon 
two demon-possessed men came from the tombs to meet him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. What do you want with us, son of God? Did the demons believe he was the son of God? Right, absolutely. They shouted, have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? They must have had a little faith. They believed that there was torture waiting for them, right? So these are demons expressing a belief, maybe even some faith. I don't know, they saw God in all his holiness and glory. But, but was it the belief that we're talking about? So the belief can be different, right? They believe that when the belief becomes biblical belief, when we believe in or upon something, that is turned into faith. And a believing faith, as what you said in James, he he basically quoted the scripture for us. But in James um, 2, 14, what good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If you, if one says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. So belief can be, yes, I believe in the Son of God, but it makes no difference in my life. I believe he's the Son of God, as the demons did. Even the demons believe that. Show me your faith without deeds, and I'll show you my faith by what I do. You do. You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. So it's what we do with that belief. Does that belief change us or conform us to his truth? So there is belief, right? We want biblical belief. So we want the truth in us. The demons knew the truth, but the demons didn't allow it to change them. Right? So they it's know. more like knowledge. Belief is knowledge. Right. <laughs> exactly. They have more of a knowledge and a belief, yes, that he is the Son of God, but it doesn't, tran- it doesn't transform them or conform them. When our beliefs transform us and conform us, we're talking about faith. Now, we can't see faith Right, so faith back to Hebrews now 11. Um, now, faith is being sure of what we hope for, and this is Hebrews 11 1. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for certain of what we hope for. So, I believe God is who He is. Excuse me, sure of what we hope for and certain of what we believe. So sure of what we hope for. I, I believe God is who he says he is, and I believe his promises to be true. So I believe who he is, and I believe his promises are true. That's the foundation of faith. You might have to think on that and meditate on it, but that's what it is. Faith, what did I say? Um, what is faith? Believing in our heart that God is who he says he is, believing his character sure of who he is. I believe the character of God. I'm sure of who he is. And that he will do what he says he will do. Believing his promises. Certain of what he will do. That should transform us. But faith by itself is dead. Just like we can be believing in the wrong things. That's not changing or transforming us to become more like Christ. Faith 
requires an action for it to be some people great faith little faith much faith great faith perfect faith however in the biblical sense I think when when the Lord is saying have faith I think he's saying it's perfect faith it's trust have faith in me trust in me and in John 14 um, 27 or 14 1 I think he says believe in me my my text says trust in me the ESV says believe in me it can be used interchangeably Merriam-Webster defines faith as belief and trust in and loyalty to God <laughs> in a religious sense that's it right on belief trust but these beliefs have to be in the right line right right so faith, when it is accompanied by action, is trust. For instance, I always use the example, if I see that bridge taking, going over the river, I believe a bridge can get me over the river, right? I have faith in it. But that doesn't do me any good until I actually travel on the bridge. So I have to take the step on the bridge. That is trusting. Okay? That's trusting. So our faith leads to our trust, and when we trust, as Alicia said, and we see the faithfulness of God, we have more faith. And we got the circle going on, on and on. All the while, we should be believing the truth. We need to fill our mind with the truth. It, I just had a question, because it sounded so Sunday school easy until you threw the demon verse in there. Because mm -hmm. demons are fallen angels, so they were actually there. They actually saw all of that. So should we add the word surrender or some other word? Because it's more about having the awe and the surrender of mm -hmm. calling God your Lord, right? Right. For your ruler. Confess, so it's believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. There is, there is a submission. There is a part of this belief turning into active faith again I think these are all in line with the same thing as Robert read in God's mind when we're doing it the right th the right way but there is that faith requires a submission to what I believe or what I want to believe or how I feel I can't be my own God I can't be the king I've got to submit that he is the God question from the Amos's I, I thought the same I thought the same thing Miranda did because they completely knew they knew absolutely who God was and that was not enough and they didn't have no action that rather than submit to God they would rather be thrown into pigs right. rather than to submit to God so it was like they completely knew mm -hmm. the truth and, and what would be required of them if they were to submit to the Lord but no we want we want to be right. thrown into pigs but God to throw you into right. pigs rather than do what he says so that, that and that's sense. why we all when we think about this, we all should fall flat on our face. The grace of God, it's a gift from God. That he reached into our heart and changed us so that we could see and we could believe. And that is humbling. Because, yeah, we know people who know, yeah, I believe there was Jesus. I'm not going to believe in him. I don't want to believe in him. They just flat out reject him. For some reason, God has enabled us to see and believe. You know, again, that's you know, we don't know where our own will and God's will connects, but we know God has opened our eyes. We know that that gift, we know from Ephesians. Okay, John. <laughs> <laughs> Calvary. 
We don't know where they meet, but they meet. There's a there's a sales training thing which I went through years ago, but it was uh, beliefs drive behaviors, behaviors drive results, and it's a circular in that sense that you're always checking the results you're getting. If you're not getting the right results, check the behaviors. Mm -hmm. If your behaviors are right, then you have to go back to the core belief. Do you actually believe in what you're, in this case, selling? Mm -hmm. And here, I think it's the same thing. If you have faith and you're not getting the results from the faith, you need to question, hey, is my faith in the right belief system? And, and continually, it's a continual action, not just in faith and trust, but also are my beliefs on That's right. Exactly. And our faith is in, as Gina will always say, is in God, not in the outcome. That becomes important when I pray for my father not to have a stroke, and he strokes. When I pray for healing for my patients and they don't get well. Wait a minute. This doesn't make sense. God's a good God. He shouldn't allow us to suffer. Why did this happen? I've been praying. You know, then I've got to go back to... What's my beliefs? Right? I mean, this is this is life. When somebody's chronically ill, that you know, I see them, there's no they're not gonna get better unless God intervenes and they prayed for years and nothing changes. They can become down and depressed easily. And doubt. We'll get into that as we work through this. We're gonna talk about how to acquire how to acquire the faith so we can trust God. What is required of us? What are the results when we do? What happens when we don't? Uh, excuse me, what happens when we don't? Why we don't? We talked a little bit about that. Um, we'll talk about responding to trust failures when we fail. You know, why did Peter fail? You know, why? He knew it. Um, how do we respond to our failures? And I don't know, maybe there's a seventh thing if we want to get into specific anxiety, worry, fear, and how to overcome those things. We might not go there, but anyways, um, this is what we're looking forward to. Did Shane have a question? I was gonna be in that You're going to miss this. <laughs> <laughs> no, what's interesting, though, is in Romans 4, when mm -hmm. he's talking about uh, Abraham's righteousness being accounted to him because of his faith or belief, it's interesting how they start out with the word belief. And, I mean, you, you can read it for yourselves, but down here it says... Uh, it says, uh, uh, hold on here. I don't want to take a time. No, that's fine. Okay, so. There's the same thing in Romans 10 because he's interchanging belief, faith, trust. Yeah, in hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations as he has been told. So he's very awesome. You know, and then, um, and then it goes on to say, that is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness mm -hmm. or that is why it's dependent on faith so it's talking about his belief and what he believed in but it's dependent on faith and so it's interesting to interchange right. words there right yeah, so. there is and he does it in Romans 10 too so there is I mean they, these are used almost interchangeably but we know James alerts us that hey you can believe but if you're not acting your belief makes your faith does no good um, but uh yeah, we're going we're gonna to work through this. Some very good stuff. Again, these are the foundations of the Christian walk. 
trusting the Lord. And I really believe, I know from a personal standpoint, we've heard Alicia say how you can really be liberated from stuff that's plagued you that the Lord doesn't want you to have to deal with. Well, and I think um, just to confuse matters even more, and maybe we mentioned this, but what are we trusting God for? Does that matter what we're trusting God for? Like, do I have a right to trust God for those things? Mm-hmm. And like I think of Alicia, you know, waiting for Mark to come home. In my heart and mind, there's nothing more concerning than a wife, you know, waiting mm-hmm. for her husband to come home from war. And ultimately, she gave it to the Lord and said, you know, it, it didn't matter either way. She was going to trust him. And so, you know, I just think, what does the scripture guarantee us? We know that we are made, you know, to glorify him in our life when we're trusting that purpose. That ultimately that is the purpose that God has created us for and created our children for. And we trust him with that, that we will do that. Because I have a lot of concerns right now. And, you know, Shane cut his finger trying to get the trim the color I wanted in the house in Ohio. And, you know, I mean, can I, can I really trust God for those things? You know, those little details that I want everything to be. I'm anxious of setting my homeschool room up for school in like three or four weeks. And I just... I'm not saying I know the answer, but like, can we trust God with those little things that we've read about, or do we need to go to a deeper purpose of what we're ultimately should be about anyway? Right. So that is a great question. I, you know, we're going to get moving here to get you guys to church, but I think if it's upsetting us or fretting it, we're probably not trusting. We're not having faith. So you got to go back and say, okay, what is the big picture? Lord, what is the big picture in the little mundane things of life? And we need to be glorifying God. What's the message we're communicating to our children? You know, how we act and respond. So that's very important too. And, and again, I think if you're seeking the Lord daily, He'll put it in the right perspective. You'll have the peace um, to navigate those issues without stress or angst or fretting um, because we know the Lord doesn't want us to have that. Yes, Rick. Have faith on August 18th when you come to Mexico and there's no class here. Because, right. <laughs> because we've moved to Libya. Uh, don't forget that on the We're 18th. moving to Libya oh, yeah. from we Central America to... Libya is down that hallway that... Right next to the old class. All right, I'll close us in prayer, and um, we'll see you guys next Sunday. Hopefully, we can get some folks to help the cooks. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that you've opened our eyes and our hearts by your grace, a gift that we will truly never understand until we meet you face to face. Lord, never let us step on, trample on that grace, but may it motivate us to holy living, may it motivate us to trust you more in every situation. Help us, Lord, in our unbelief. Help us to believe, God. Give us the truth. Grant us the faith and the trust, Lord, that we need in the daily mundane of life. So that when the big things come, Lord, we're grounded on your foundation, unshakable, immovable, to show the world that you are greater, 
in you, Lord, we do put our trust that you're faithful to your word. In your name we pray. Amen. Have a good week.